So there's all of these outside things that you cannot control, but what you can control is, you know, being there and taking care of it and tending to those things and planting the seeds. Because if you never plant the seeds, you're never going to flourish. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hey there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of the Small Minded Podcast. Today, we continue our fantastic guest interviews with my friend, Nicole Saunders. Nicole is a small town gal from North Carolina, and she and I met at a mastermind early in 2020. And as you'll hear in the interview, we started off 2020 thinking we were just going to kick ass in our businesses. And then, you know, the world hit. But in today's episode, we were intending to do the interview about business growth and visibility. And Nicole has a background in human psychology. Uh, She worked on a university campus for a long time and got to learn about how people function and how their brains work and why they behave the way they do. And then she pivoted into a career in social media where she was an entrepreneur who helped other entrepreneurs build their Pinterest exposure. And now she is a business coach. So we intended to tell you how to gain visibility as a business. But as conversations inevitably do in small towns, as we sat across the table from one another, we found our conversation taking a turn. And I loved it. We went deep into topics about human psychology, about why people are the way they are and why they do what they do. We talked about personality tests. We talked about social justice issues and how social justice shows up or doesn't show up in small towns. We talked about going through sucky seasons of your life as a business owner. We talked about growing through grief. And it was just a beautiful conversation. So in today's episode, you know, it wasn't as it intended to be, but I loved it. I think this was a great humanizing episode of the Small Minded Podcast. I hope you hear something that connects you to Nicole's story. And without further ado, I'm just going to jump in. So here's my friend Nicole Saunders on today's episode of the Small Minded Podcast. Welcome, Nicole. I'm so excited to have you on today. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here, Molly. Thanks for having me. Nicole and I met each other, correct me if I'm wrong, but we were in a mastermind together at the beginning of 2020. So like we were ready to like make this our best year ever. And we were like doing all the things, connecting with other women business owners. And then I guess everybody probably knows what happened next. But I really think that, um, yeah, connecting with you and the women in that mastermind was amazing for me personally and professionally. But yeah, that's how you and I got to know each other. And then Mm -hmm. just throughout the last few months, we've been able to cross paths. I've brought you in on some different workshops that I've had, and I'm just so excited to introduce you to the podcast community today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, Yeah. I think you nailed how we met. It was a really good program. I really enjoyed that mastermind. I think, um, 
you said it. We were all ready to just kind of hit the ground running and then the world had other plans. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember like the rap call for the mastermind was in March and I just remember being on that zoom and everybody's like, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen next. And I was like, I was on a walk, with the pasture that we have behind our house. And I was just like, what's going to become of this. And now I look back and I'm like, wow, what a time, what a time to be alive. Jeez. Yeah. It was something. Okay. So enough about me. But <laughs> Nicole, do you want to tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do and where you're from? Yeah. So I live outside of Charlotte, North Carolina in a small town. I'm not even going to give you all the name because you won't find it on the map. So Charlotte's about the closest place you can find to it. Um, I born and raised here, married my next door neighbor. So that's a little bit of my small town story, but I'm a personality and strengths-based business coach for female identifying entrepreneurs. So I help them identify, you know, who they are, what they want to do and how to get there. So using Enneagram and Myers-Briggs, that's kind of the two frameworks I like to use those two different personality assessments and just help people really figure out how they can be successful because it's different for everybody and success is different for everybody. But also, you know, if you're an introvert, how you market yourself is going to be different than if you're an extrovert. So um, it's all about helping them be in alignment with who they are and where they want their business to go. Oh my gosh. Okay. So before we pushed record, I told Nicole, like I gave her a prep sheet of questions and I said, but inevitably I go off question and ask follow-ups. And here we are. I just had you do an intro and already I'm jotting down what I want to ask next. That's not on the question <laughs> sheet. So Nicole, just to go off of what you told us about what you do, can you break down for our listeners who may not be familiar, what is the Enneagram and what is the Myers-Briggs? Yeah. So the Myers-Briggs, which is MBTI for short. So if you hear the acronym, it's the same thing of what I'm talking about. So that is, there are 16 different personality types within that framework and there's four dichotomies. So you could be an introvert or an extrovert. You could have intuitive things or sensing things. And then you could be a feeler or a thinker and a judging or a perceiver. So basically those combinations of those eight letters give you the 16 different types. And I do have a YouTube video. I'll give you the link, Molly, that kind of explains the differences in the Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs. Otherwise, we could spend this whole podcast just talking about that. <laughs> oh, for sure. I, yeah, I will nerd out about it. Um, the Enneagram has the framework that has like the different nine numbers around a circle with the different lines. And I say this on my video, but seriously, it looks like a pentagram. Like when I was a freshman in college and, and I know small town living, you're like, oh, what's that witchcraft, right? So, and I live in the, I live in the Bible Belt, you know, no shame. So I was like, I can't, well, I don't know what that is. That's witchcraft. I can't mess with that. And I went to a very liberal school. So it was new for me being a freshman in college. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I recently rediscovered it. And within the last year and a half and have fallen back in love with that, but it has nine different types. Um, so one through nine and there's different wings and there's different triads. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it, but basically it gives you a framework for who you are, what you do, your core desires, your core fears. And what I like to look at the two of them as a big difference is your Myers-Briggs is your nature. It is just how you are. It is black and white. You're either an introvert or an extrovert. Now, I kind of believe there is a spectrum. I don't believe in people being ambiverts, but 
there is a spectrum. You know, it's easy. Like I'm an introvert. I think Molly and I actually have the same MBTI, but um, <laughs> I was like, you know, I've got to, I can't have a bunch of meetings before this and after this. I have to save my energy for Molly's podcast recording today. So mm -hmm. that's why I'm on excited, you know, giving you my all. I'm not showing up with my Ben Stein voice being really tired. So that's my nature. That's just how I am. And I know I need to save my energy for times when I need to be on. Whereas Enneagram is more about your nurturing, your upbringing. So things that impacted you as you were being raised and your parents and, and that kind of stuff. So it was how those experiences kind of impacted your life. When we're little as kids, it's hard to type somebody at that point in their life. So that's kind of the kind of the overarching big differences. But I do like using them together because I have a friend. We're both type four on Enneagram. She is an ENFP where I'm an INFJ on Myers-Briggs. So we're complete opposite. Yeah, I know we were the same type. I think I'm <laughs> INFJ or INTJ, but I have it bookmarked so I can look it up. Yeah. But continue. So Sorry. I think you're an INFJ. I, I typically remember INFJs because I just I collect them and we're the most rare type. So, um, which is funny because fours, we like being the most unique, right? So <laughs> we both, because she's an extrovert and I'm an introvert, we are type fours, but we are completely different. She is processing her world in the outward. Like she's telling me all her problems and what should I do to fix it? Where I'm like thinking in my head, all of my problems or whatever's going on in my life. I'm not talking to somebody and trying to puzzle it outside of my brain. I'm inside my brain. So yeah, it's, it's a fun framework to kind of help people. And it's all like peeling away an onion. So you know what works best for you. And, you know, I know people don't like being put in boxes and that kind of stuff, but it's just to kind of give you a frame of reference at the end of the day. I think this is so spot on because a lot of what we get as business owners, if we are reading the books that are written by other business professionals or watching the webinars and the TED Talks, a lot of the information that we get from those seems like it's kind of cookie cutter where it's like, this is what I did. So this is what's going to work for you. But mm -hmm. I love the way you're approaching it in saying, okay, we're not just going to give you a cookie cutter set of steps. First, I'm going to get to know you. I'm going to get to know what you're naturally inclined to do and what you have been kind of brought up to be successful in mm -hmm. or unsuccessful if you've been told that you're not good at this or not good at that. But mm -hmm. I love that you're taking that approach of we're going to get to know you first and then I will kind of steer my teaching and my guidance to those things. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, we see these popular entrepreneurs or think, hey, I need to do what Gary Vaynerchuk is doing because he is the marketing guy, you know, and everybody looks at him when they first get in business or marketing or, you know, whatever. How can I get more people to see my stuff? Okay, let's go do his jab, jab, right hook. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But the thing is, Gary is successful because he does what works for him. And that's what we need to remember. We need to do what works for us. Like we're not carbon copies of people who have already been successful. You know, it's hard because we're like, what's the secret? What's the secret? The secret is your secret. Whatever your secret sauce is, it's different for every single person. And, and yeah, these people are successful and yeah, their frameworks might work, you know, somewhat, but at the end of the day, their lifestyle's different. Their background's different. Their access to things are different. Like <laughs> I always talk about, you know, and I don't hate Beyonce. So let me preface with that. But Beyonce is really popular. I used to work in higher ed. So my students love Beyonce. You know, there's that quote. It's like, we have the same 24 hours in a day as Beyonce. 
true, but we don't have the access to things that Beyonce has, Mm -hmm. especially in smaller towns. I mean, I live, I don't know how far y'all are from a target, but I live 30 minutes from a target. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm lucky to have my little Chick-fil-A and my Starbucks here. Like, and that's new within the last couple of years, but it's so funny. Like we don't have access to these things. We might not have a nanny, um, you know, a driver, a personal assistant, uh, you know, a stylist, a makeup artist, a hairstylist. Like we don't have those things. Not to say that that's bad that she has that. I'm so glad she does. You go girl. But we have to realize we cannot compare ourselves to these people. Like, Mm -hmm. have you ever met Beyonce? I doubt it. And if you have, you're probably not listening to this podcast, you know? (laughs) So, I mean, if you are, send me a message on Instagram. I'd love to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Beyonce, please share this podcast out so that we can get more reach. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Cause yeah, you're right. It's like, we have to work in what works best for us Mm -hmm. individually. And even like, even if we're not on the Beyonce level, like what works for me with social media marketing, I know doesn't work with everybody else because Mm -hmm. I feel comfortable doing certain things. And I know that there are people with personality types who just cringe at even the thought of going live on video. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot to do with how you feel about certain things. And you can still be successful without doing that. But there are, I mean, you just have to work, like you said, where you're comfortable and that confidence, it will come through mm-hmm. just maybe in a different way. Exactly. And two, knowing your audience, you're a good example of this. You're marketing to the people that need you in this small town. If you knew that's your audience, but you're marketing like, Hey, y'all need to buy billboards and you need to spend all this money on ads because we live in a town of 10 million people. Well, it's not going to work. So it's important to know who your ideal client is, especially when you do live in a small town. Like there's a um, meat shop, a butcher here, and they do really different things than the grocery store that sells the same beef. You know, it's beef at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. you know, so they're selling steak over here. I'm going to the grocery store because it's convenient where I want to go to the butcher shop because I support a local business but their mm-hmm. marketing's different. Like they just did, um, because the NCAA just had the basketball tournament for March Madness, which was not as cool as normal years, but whatever, <laughs> at least they had it, but they did a bracket challenge. And so they shared the winners every time. And I'd get on, I was like, dang, why didn't I go do this bracket challenge? You know, and it kind of makes you realize that these people are local. They want to know who you are. You know, I went into Ingalls the other day and I looked and I was like, I didn't think I got the right change back. And then I looked at the screen. I was like, yeah, I did get the right screen. And Ingles is a grocery store here. I know I keep saying that, but it's a grocery store chain. And uh, the lady's like, did I give you the right change? I said, yeah, it was my mistake. She was like, well, I want to make it right if it's wrong. I said, I would tell you if it was wrong. I said, trust me, Ingles doesn't need any extra money. But, you know, it's like, we just have to know our audience. So. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think that when you're talking about your business coaching, like you said, knowing Mm -hmm. yourself knowing who you help, those are two tenants to your business. And then we often think of like marketing being what is all important because that's going to do the sales. It's going to drive sales for us. When actuality, you have to do the foundational work of knowing you and knowing who you're helping in order to make that marketing sing, correct? Exactly. Yes. Self-awareness. You can't top that. 
you know, because, and I think about this too, I keep saying it's funny, but it is funny. So when I was in college, when I was an undergrad, I was very involved in my sorority on campus and I got elected as chapter president. And I hated it. I felt like I didn't have any friends. Like, and, and I wanted this role since I had got my bid, basically. And I hated it. Like, people were like, Nicole, you don't smile. I'm like, I don't smile. I'm not sitting here with a plastered <laughs> smile on my face. That's just not my personality. You know, I smile when it's worth smiling for. <laughs> but um, it was so weird. But I didn't understand myself at that time. I was 20, 21 years old. You know, I didn't understand how I came across to people. I mean, I remember like my senior year, um, a freshman who was joining, she was like, Nicole, I just thought you were so intimidating. I was like, why? And I'm like, (laughs) you know, now I look back and I was like, well, I was super confident then, even in undergrad, I probably had RBF the whole time, you know? And it's just like, I just, I was confident in who I was in the world. I didn't understand how I came across in the world. Mm -hmm. And since leaving college and getting my master's in college student development, which is a lot of psychology of working with people mm-hmm. and, you know, utilizing both of these um, frameworks with Myers-Briggs and Enneagram, I realize how I come across to people. And so I've had to train myself, you know, even when I was in corporate, you don't just hop on the phone and say, Hey, I need this contract signed. No. Hey, Janet, how are you doing today? Yeah. I, I know your girls are still in school. Aren't they? Are, they're in California, right? you know, and, and relate to them then. Oh, by the way, I sent you a contract over last week. Did you get it? You know? And yeah, I know sometimes, especially us introverts, it is hard to make that small talk, Mm. but people love it when you know them and you remember them like, and I'm thinking back and Molly, you're an office fan, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, that scene with Michael he has the Rolodex and he has all the notes on the back and it's like color-coded and Dwight goes in and tries to like sell this guy and he's like yeah you're gay son blah 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 and the guy's like mortified well (laughs) come to find out Michael had color-coded that to not talk about the guy's gay son (laughs) so it's like you know it's it's funny we have to make those mental notes of who our audience is what we're talking to them about and you know like people get on well, not get on me, but I've had friends say, Nicole, I don't understand why you say female identifying. And I don't understand why you write women with an X. And I'm like, because I am comfortable with people as they are. There is a spectrum, you know, and I might be going way off course here, but you know, you're good. Take us. I think gender, you know, I'm not, I don't care what gender you are. You decide when you go do you, that's fine. But I want people to know it's okay. I'm comfortable with whatever you bring to the plate, who you are. And you know, that person and, and friends, and especially in the Bible bell, it's like, I don't understand that it's one or the other. And I have to explain to people like, this is my business. It's not your business. Yes. I believe in God. I'm a Christian, but I'm not a church business. I'm not here to cater to your needs because you are scared that I'm using women with an X. The people that need me, are going to find me. So I have to be confident in that and not um, back away from it. And I think that's important to do with anything, you know, whether you're selling cattle and beef or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. marketing for, you know, home decor or whatever. I'm looking at Molly's um, cute green wreath on her in her office. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think you just hit on so many important topics. So first up, I'm going to go back to one of the first things and then we'll kind of, I'll try to go chronologically. 
But, yeah, I dropped um, all the things. <laughs> oh no, I love these. I love being conversational and just like having these talks and getting into the deep things because there's so much to living mm-hmm. that is deep. And we want to stay superficial in a lot of podcasts and on Instagram and not ruffle feathers, but Mm -hmm. we have to get deep sometimes. So I love that you went there. I rock the boat a little too much sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like, I like a splish splash. (laughs) I love it. No. Okay. So I'm going to ask, we'll do the deep question next, but the first one. So you said that you went to school for grad studies in, uh, I'm sorry, can you give us your degree? Yeah. College student development. Yeah. So I have a master's of arts in that. Um, there's a whole thing in academia. People are like, do you have a master's of arts or is it a master's of education? Well, at the end of the day, it's still a master's, mm-hmm. but it is a master's of art, but it's college student development. So basically I spent two years understanding like the psychology of students. Well, and I'll say students in air quotes because when I was in grad school and it wasn't that long ago, but it was about a decade at this point or a little over a decade at this point, but college students still at that time, we're looking at the development of the human from 18 to 22. All different ages go to college, but it's very, my program was very focused on university level, four years. Mm-hmm. You know, I did take a couple community college classes about the community college experience, but that development and becoming a human and understanding who you are and how you go through these processes, I wish I could have had that again before I was in grad school or an undergrad, actually. So I could understand myself Mm -hmm. and yeah. And I just wanted to touch on that again, because it just drives home the fact that so much of what you do is rooted, not in superficial, right? We're getting deep Mm -hmm. because you have a deep understanding of psychology and how people respond and react to one another. And that is so key, knowing how people behave Mm -hmm. and knowing why people are inclined to do different things is key to living in small towns, living in Mm -hmm. a neighborhood, doing business with one another, like so much of what we do and see on social media that we want to label as like a sign of the times and say, oh, like decades ago was so much better than it is now. A lot of it I find is just rooted in psychological preferences and why Mm -hmm. just how people behave. It's not like social media, social media did change the world, but I feel like it's just magnifying what humans have done forever. And I think that understanding the psychological root of these behaviors is so important to -hmm. knowing how to show up and grow a business using social media in this day and age. Yeah, it's really cool to see. I mean, even back in undergrad, I remember I opened a bank account as a freshman in college and my parents were like, you're going to do digital banking. You're going to get hacked. All your money is going to get stolen. I was like, no, it's not. I literally have never, I mean, I don't remember having a non-electronic bank account. Like I do remember a friend picking on me and they're like, Nicole, you still use a film camera? I was like, I'm asking for a digital camera for Christmas. Leave me alone. Like, (laughs) you know, so yeah, technology has played a huge part, but I do think like you can look back through history of things that happen that we might not be comfortable with today. You know, lots of different social issues But people had to hide that because they didn't want to be ostracized, killed, whatever. And now with social media, we can see things instantly. So we are constantly chasing that immediate, you know, change, that immediate, let me feel good. Let me get this high. Like we want instant results. We want to be overnight successes. And that's not 
possible with anything. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's funny. Like, it's always like, Oh, I want to take the easy way out. Like, yeah, I'd rather take a diet pill than go to the gym for five months or, you know, whatever, because it's easy. And I think I'm going to get there quicker, but what is that pill causing? Are you causing heart issues? Are you causing lung issues? You know, whatever, is it legal? Like all of those things you have to take into consideration where, you know, 10 years down the road, you may have a heart defect or something because of it. Or if you're going to the gym, you're just making your heart live longer, get healthier, build up the heart muscle. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's how to use a metaphor for everything. (laughs) So I speak in metaphors, so I like it, (laughs) but yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's this idea of instant gratification and Mm -hmm. we have to understand that good things take time. Like you said, And it might seem like you said a diet pill versus going to the gym. Social media is not going to be your diet pill to improve your business or to advance your cause necessarily. Mm -hmm. It'll help you get more visibility on that for sure. But is it going to take you from $5 a day to $5,000 a day in sales? Not right away. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I know small town podcasts, you got to think too, like, Maybe a better example is gardening. You know, you plant those seeds and you build that foundation and you nourish them, water them, you check on them daily, you make sure there's not pests coming out there, you know, all those things. And you may not get to harvest whatever crop it is until months later. And even then the weather has to be good. You know, what if a deer comes in and eats all your berries or whatever it has, you know, a rabbit, you know, things Mm -hmm. can happen. So there's all of these outside things that you cannot control, but what you can control is, you know, being there and taking care of it and tending to those things and planting the seeds. Cause if you never plant the seeds, you're never going to flourish, whatever, even if your fruit, you know, gets ate by some predator, at least you tried it and you put yourself out there and maybe next year it's going to come back. Like I planted this blackberry bush last year and I thought I got it in the spring. You know, I was like, I want to have blackberries in August. Y'all, I have one freaking blackberry off that thing, (laughs) but guess what? It has come back with a vengeance this year. And I'm like, yes, I'm like waiting to August. I'm going to have some fresh blackberries. Like I just, I know it's going to be good. I mean, that's patience. It's going to be over a year before I get to eat off that bush. So, oh, I, yep. Same thing that I love this metaphor because same thing happened here. I planted a raspberry bush and a peony bush the same year. And Mm -hmm. I was like, it was. I think it was June when we planted those. So I I knew that that year it wasn't going to be that great. Mm -hmm. But then the following year, I was like, I'm going to have so many beautiful peonies in the spring and we're going to have so many awesome raspberries. And just like you said, I had one peony that year and I had a handful of raspberries. But fast forward five years since then, oh my gosh, like we cannot keep up with the raspberries because I'm like finding people to give them to because it's just, oh my gosh. And I will take them. I love raspberries. Well, I was thinking or that freeze about them. blackberries too. Yeah. yeah, I did. I froze <laughs> some, but yeah, it's just like you said, you have to like, just let time help you. You can't force growth overnight. You have yeah. to show up. You have to tend your seeds. Just like you said, I love that. Okay. Yeah. My next yeah. question, you had said, um, how you serve the community you do. And you said, sometimes you get questions about using women with an X, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the way you phrased that was really important. 
about how you're just going to keep showing up and you're going to serving the people you serve and they will find you. And you're not necessarily concerned with how people are judging you who are along the sidelines because you know Mm -hmm. who it is that you're there to help. And I thought that was just really important for everybody to hear because a lot of times in small towns, we get nervous about the banter that's happening that we don't necessarily Mm -hmm. hear. And we can let that derail us from what our ultimate goal is. Mm -hmm. And we have to just stay focused on who it is that we're showing up to help, who our skills can like help improve and focus on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I think when we are confident in who we are in our business and what we offer, it's going to show, you know, if we're like, oh, I don't know, I think I'm going to use this because it's trendy or everybody else is doing it. You know, I think back to the black squares after the George Floyd incident last May, it's like everybody was doing black squares. Well, why are you doing that? Does it matter? Like, do you really know why this was started? Are you just doing it because it's a trend? Like, and I think sometimes people don't realize like my full background and, and why this is so important to me. I mean, when I was in grad school, we did this activity and I don't remember the name of it, but essentially everybody got a color coded star. And so it was about LGBTQIA stuff. So you got your star, you ripped off something. If somebody didn't believe in you, you ripped off something. If your parents disowned you, you ripped off stuff for each one. And at the end, there was a majority of people who had no points on their star left. So basically it showed us through that action, like how things can happen to people in different shoes, you know, different, you know, we have different experiences. So for the LGBTQIA community, you know, they, they're more likely to die by suicide. I I prefer that um, term. I know it's, it's important to me to say death by suicide, because that's just what I believe. So, um, you know, I think when we realize people are so much more than just skin, bones, looks, like, and we can really empathize and understand and just know that they are humans, then it's going to make the world so much better. And I know there's a long way to go with that, but that activity, I think was really a turning point for me. And, you know, I didn't intend to get on here and talk, you know, politics and things like that, but that's okay. I like it. You know, I remember when I first went to college and I went to UNC Asheville, which is a public liberal arts school, very liberal in the mountains of North Carolina. And uh, I was like, you know, I don't think I knew anybody who was out of the closet gay. And, you know, now I look back and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like, yeah, okay. My best friend from high school reached out to me like a couple of years ago. And she was like, hey, Nicole, I just wanted to let you know, I'm a lesbian and I'm married a woman. I was like, cool. She was like, really? I was like, yeah, I don't care. Like, that's your life. I'm, you know, whatever. And she went through a lot with her family, like, and now things are good, but it's like, anyways, when I was a freshman in college though, I, I remember it was like the Bush and Gore election and the election was in November. We got on campus in August and I was like, yeah, I don't believe in gay rights. I don't believe in abortion. I don't believe in this and this and this. And now I look back and I like want to cringe. Like, I'm like, wow, like I have grown so much. And a lot of it has been because I've seen what happens to people when they are ostracized or they go through things and people are just like buttheads to them or whatever. So um, I never want people to feel like they can't come talk to me. And I think a lot of it too has to deal with because I went to grad school and I did that program and had those experiences like that star activity and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then working on a college campus and students could confide in me because 
you know, I'm not their parent. I'm not going to judge them. You know, I don't care. You're a boy who likes boys. Okay, cool. You know, <laughs> great. You know, so I think when people just understand we are all people at the end of the day, like, again, it's going to make that world so much better. Oh my gosh. And I think that point you just made, like brings this whole conversation full circle because it's like, everybody's different, but we still have common themes. And even though Mm -hmm. we come from all these places and I do feel like when you get to college or like post high school is when you're like, you're stretching, you're finding Mm -hmm. out who you are, trying new things. Right. And so you might go into that experience or that life stage thinking one way. And then like through years of trial and error, through learning more about yourself, learning more about the people around you, learning more just Mm -hmm. about people, there's definitely a wisdom that comes with age. And then you learn or relearn things that you thought prior. And I just think that it's a, it's always okay to change your mind. Like, Mm -hmm. I know you said earlier that there are like lots of things that happen on a spectrum. Right. And I feel like there's very rarely anything that's either all the way one way or all the way the Mm -hmm. other way. And right now it feels like we are in a society that wants things to be nicely checkmarked and fit into one of two boxes. And there's a whole Mm -hmm. list of things and topics that you can attribute that to, but there's a lot of gray area, right? There's very few things that we can say it's either A or B. There's a lot in between. And Mm -hmm. I think that by allowing there to be a middle ground, by allowing ourselves to relearn things that we had once thought were true, by allowing ourselves to make space for other life experiences, we can be so much better people as a result. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Listener, Nicole and I lost our train of thought. So we're getting back on track here. I was just telling her that I love that we got into social issues. And Mm -hmm. even though this is like a business podcast, business goes deep into the root Mm -hmm. of human decision-making and human psychology. So I think all of this is relevant to the discussion of business. Yeah. Um, Nicole, do you want to tell us a little bit more? I want to understand like when I first met you last year, we were uh, both kind of in the marketing industry, mm-hmm. if you will, because I know that you have a history of like, well, you first were working in the college setting, then you mm-hmm. um, pivoted and you decided to like try your entrepreneurial hat and you had a marketing and Pinterest strategy business and now mm-hmm. you're in business coaching. So can you tell us why you've made those pivots and how that looked for you? Yeah, of course. So I'm higher ed. I mean, it just, I was like, I don't want to leave school. I just love this so much. So I was like, I can go get my master's degree and then I can work on a college campus and it'll be amazing. And it was for a while, but things happen, things change, you know, just all the things. And it got to be very exhausting, to be quite frank. Um, Not only is it carrying the emotional support of students and caring so much for them, but also the nights and weekends, oh, 1.30 a.m. Hey, Nicole, a fight broke out at this party. We're calling the um, police department. Oh, great. You know, it was always constant, like 12-hour days here and there. You know, it just, it was a lot. And eventually things changed and ended up launching my Pinterest marketing business and did that for almost uh, three years. So in January, 2021, I pivoted to business coaching and 
what I love about it is I get to bring in my aspects of entrepreneurship, but also all of my background from undergrad, grad school, working in higher ed. And I actually tried to pivot last year um, in 2020. And, you know, it, it didn't work out for whatever reason. And then my dad died and then COVID happened. So it all worked out. You know, it just, it was delayed. It wasn't an overnight success. I guess you could say I had a predator come in and eat the fruit in my garden, but um, it came back. And what I had missed about higher ed was seeing students transform. And, you know, we've talked about the LGBT stuff. We've talked about different things and, and people don't always agree on, on those things and that's okay. But in college, what we taught students was to have these civil discourse, to have these conversations and you don't have to agree one way or the other, but let's be open to learning and understanding people. And um, I'm missing those light bulb moments, those moments of transformation. I didn't get that with Pinterest. I was over here behind a screen doing people's Pinterest. And yeah, I knew I was giving them more time in their day back, but I didn't get to see the impact of that. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to see a transformation. And so with business coaching, I get to see that. I get to see the direct impact I have on people. And that jazzes me up so much. And everybody, because we all have different personalities, we all have different backgrounds. I get to figure out the puzzle and I get to help them figure out the best way to get to where they want to go. So I just feel like I'm lit back up again. Like last year was rough. I mean, not only because of COVID, but because my dad died. And then I went through this period where I was so unmotivated. I didn't care about my business. And it was obvious because I didn't get any clients. You know, I was like on Pinterest or not on Pinterest. I was on Instagram and I was talking about plants and pottery and how I was this girl with this dead dad and all those things. And yeah, no wonder people didn't want to hire me because I wasn't talking about what I was selling. Like, you know, so. But I think like knowing you and meeting you at the beginning of last year, I was able to watch your journey that you took and seeing you go through the changes that COVID forced on your business and then going through the loss of your dad and then seeing you trying out these creative pursuits. Like, I think that was, I mean, from the outside, like I know that the grief stages were not beautiful, but from the outside, like I could see you trying these things and like you were living like, and you were getting to experience things. And did you learn through those trying out the pottery and the gardening? And I know you got into hiking and personal mm -hmm. fitness. Like how did all of that shape your January, 2021 pivot in business? What did you learn from going through those things last year that helped you now? Yeah, well, it's funny because I don't think I learned this. I mean, I knew this before, but I think it was exacerbated or, or more highlighted this year is I go through phases. So when my dad died, I went through this puzzle phase. You know, we were all quarantined. What else did I have to do? And I love puzzles. I, I went through a puzzle quarantine phase too. Yeah. <laughs> so I, ha I did my puzzle phase and then I did my, hey, I'm done with this podcast. Let's do a YouTube channel about hiking with dogs and we can be outside and so we went through that phase and it died off, but it came back. My husband's like revived that channel. And then I got into pottery and that was really good. And funny enough, I actually went to undergrad because I wanted to be an art teacher and um, I love art and making things. And it was good for me to get back into that and just for making and not a grade or, Hey, look mm -hmm. at this. I won this art project or whatever, like just to make stuff. And some of that stuff is ugly as crap, but I made it and I'm keeping it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of fun doing that and kind of started finding myself again, started working out. And my dad, I know my dad was really young. He was only 70, but a lot of it was related 
a lot of it is because of chemical exposure, but still a lot of his health issues like congestive heart failure and things like that. Like I want to prevent that as much as I can. And so I know that taking care of my body and moving it is important to that. And so my sister had been on me for months and finally I was like, okay, fine. I'll just hire the trainer she hired so I can get her off my back. And, you know, <laughs> and I, and I kind of wanted to get back into that because mainly because I wanted to be better at hiking. Cause I knew I'd be going hiking and backpacking with her this upcoming summer. So I was like, I've got to get faster. Um, so <laughs> I hired this trainer and it's been amazing. I've been working with her since, um, the week of Thanksgiving of 2020. And, you know, I was going to the gym and I was like, oh my God, I got to do all this cardio. You know, I was like, I should listen to Mumford and Sons, my favorite band. And I was like, nah, you know, while I'm here, I've already listened to everything Mumford and Sons has ever put out more than once. So it's like, you know, I should listen to a business podcast. This would be good. So I started listening to some business podcasts and, um, a friend actually, who was in the program with us, Lindsay, she invited me to this like online networking thing. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. Cause Lindsay invited me. And then of course that day I went to the gym and I was like, why did I sign up for this? I regret this, but I can't not show up because she'll be mad at me, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I get on there and I was like, oh, but finally it was my turn, you know, and I did listen to everybody, but I was just like, why did I sign up for this again? And, you know, I got to share and it was really good. I got to meet new people I've never even heard of. Like I knew Lindsay, but I didn't know anybody else. And I have connected with some of those people really well from that. And those two things, I think listening to the business podcast and going to Lindsay's networking Zoom thing, you know, it set the ball in motion again, basically. I was like, yeah, I can do this. Okay, let's get out of this rut, you know? And so then I got on Clubhouse and that's the end of the end. Um, oh so man, yeah. I, we didn't even talk yeah. about Clubhouse yet. Clubhouse is like, we're all freshmen in college again. I can reinvent myself. So I was like, after talking about Pinterest for three days in a row for four hours, I said, I'm, I'm done. I'm not talking about this anymore. I'm pivoting my business. Boom. Instagram post. I'm a business coach. Thank you. So, you know, it was just like it, that's all it took, but yeah, it's funny because those things just started that ball getting back in. And, mm -hmm. um, I know it's hard sometimes when we think, oh, I'm stuck. I'm unmotivated. What should I do? Well, honestly, this is the hard answer and it sucks, but sometimes you just have to sit in that and not force yourself to the other side. Because once you get there, if you force yourself, it's like taking two steps forward and 10 back. Mm -hmm. But now that I sat in that, you know, for three or four months and I'm on the other side of it, I'm like, wow, there was some transformation. There was some growth. It's kind of like, you know, the odyssey where he's going on. I don't yep. even know. I yep. guess it's he's hell, gone. whatever. But, you know, he goes through all that and it's like, wow, okay, I did this. I got through that sucky time. And not to say that my life is like rainbows and glitter and unicorns all the time. I don't think that at all. But I think when we can sit through those sucky times and get through them and just deal with it as we're going through it. And when we get to the other side, it's so much sweeter. It really is. Oh my gosh. Yes. I a thousand times. I think that if you're alive, if you have a heartbeat, you're going to go through sucky times in your life. And mm -hmm. as a business owner, like there's going to be seasons in your business where you go through some shit for lack of a better term mm -hmm. in your personal life that feels like it's just going to derail you. And mm -hmm. I had that experience. And I know some friends who went through that experience last year, in addition to you. And it is like, you just have to and it doesn't sound great, but sometimes you just have to sit in it and you have to work yeah. through it. 
And I know that in my case, it took me a full year to even start going to like therapy and counseling. And I think that was that year I needed that though. I needed to go through those times of like being sad and being angry and trying new stuff. And then like, not until, like you said, now that I'm on the other side, I can see those phases that I went through. Did I realize I needed to go through that to learn? And Mm -hmm. I just, there are so many people who are entrepreneurs and business owners out there. And it's like, you know, you probably will go through seasons where you do have to sit in the suck. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the renaissance, the rebirth, but you know, when you get to the other side, wow, like, yeah, I I'm a freaking masterpiece. Like, you know, I think to get the best of me, you have to have the worst of me too. And not to say that I'm going to go on Instagram and story and be like, Oh my God, today's horrible. I did this, this, and this, like nobody wants to hear that when people get on Instagram or, or any social media, they want to see the highlight reel. And, and while we always compare and be like, their life is better. You know, we want positivity. We don't want to get on there and be like, oh my God, they have the, you know, all this going on. I don't even want to buy from them. You know? So I think there's a fine line in being vulnerable and being negative. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I know. You I'm want- like, I need to quote myself. Huh? Let me write that one down. <laughs> Well, as part of the marketing for the podcast, we usually do quote cards, but you've just got like a, you're going to have a whole bunch. <laughs> oh my gosh. I but love yeah. It. Oh my gosh. That is so true, Nicole, because yeah, there's a fine line in how you show up on social media. Cause people do want to see the positivity, especially if you're positioning yourself as an expert in a field, but we do have these seasons where things aren't all positive, but we have to continue to like show up for our audience be relatable without being like, this world sucks. Everything mm-hmm. sucks. Cause then we're going to kind of shoot ourselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we could talk all day about <laughs> all of these things and go deeper. Um, but we are running up against a lack of time. So before we get into our small talk round, can you remind us, uh, your name and where people can find you online to follow? Of course. Again, it's Nicole Saunders and you can find me on Instagram and then you'll find everything else from there. But um, if you're on here listening, shoot me a DM on Instagram and tell me what you took away from the episode today. I would love to connect with you. So my Instagram is at Saunders, S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S underscore says S-A-Y-S. So um, you can find me there again, Nicole Saunders, and would love to connect with y'all. She's so great. Isn't she? (laughs) Okay. So now we're going to get into the small talk round and this is just a bunch of random questions. So they don't require a lot of thought. So just give me your honest take and they're going to kind of run the gamut. All right. So first question, what's your go-to snack? Oh, right now, um, I am on this health kick. So, uh, I eat these protein brownies all the time. They're called eat me guiltless brownies. (laughs) guilt-free brownies. I've never heard of those, but I might have to check them out. (gasps) They're expensive, but they're really good. I really like them. Well, sometimes I found that like you have to pay a little more for those good foods. Yeah. Because I like a brownie. Mm -hmm. And And this has a lot of protein. I like Quest bars and I heard they came out with like a caramel brownie thing. I need to try it yet. I haven't tried that, but that sounds really good. All right. Question number two. What is your favorite social media app right now and why? 
Oh, I don't know. There's two. I can't decide between Clubhouse and Instagram. Like I have been neglecting Clubhouse, but it is such a good way to connect with people. And it builds that no like and trust factor. And I also don't have to look presentable and I can be anywhere. I can be working out at the gym. But Instagram, I just love it because of the visual aspect. Like I love seeing things and connecting and it just allows me to actually connect with my community more than just, you know, hey, here's this email or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, it it's a toss up between those two. And you I might be the first or the second person to mention Clubhouse on this podcast. So Listener, if you're not familiar, Nicole, can you tell us a little overview of what Clubhouse Mm -hmm. is? Yeah. So Clubhouse right now is audio only. I don't think that's changing, but it's currently iOS only. So I know they have in development to be on Android, but um, it is a talking and listening app. So it's much like a podcast. So if you like podcasts, you will love this, but it's live. Nothing's recorded unless they say, Hey, I'm recording this, but you can't replay things. So it's live. You can ask questions, get on stage. You can actually talk to like really big known people if that's what you want, or you can have small rooms, but you can basically find topics about anything. Like I've been in rooms about dogs, plants, hiking. Um, I'm trying to find some books about, or (laughs) some rooms about books because I'm in a book phase right now and I'm obsessed with fantasy romance novels and I'm just, I can't get enough. It's like, I mean, literally I have a thirst that I cannot quench, but um, (laughs) Clubhouse is really fun. So I know I I like the networking rooms. You can get to know people in there. So, and if y'all have questions about Clubhouse, shoot me a DM. I I can send you some resources and stuff too. Well, and when we first set out to record this podcast, it was going to be about visibility and like strategies for growth, but it took a turn (laughs) and it was great. Um, But yeah, Clubhouse is definitely a way to get visible right now because like Nicole Mm -hmm. said, Like you can really get in places with big names or people that are specific to your industry that you wouldn't be able to access on an Instagram Mm -hmm. or Facebook that's already blown up. Yeah. Yeah. And the cool thing is like they take in um, creators feedback and things and um, they want it to be creators. You know, if you own McDonald's, like you're the CEO of McDonald's. They don't want you to get on there as McDonald's. They want you to get on there as whatever your name is. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool because people, it's like a level playing field and you have to be yourself. Like you can't outsource your clubhouse because you can't outsource your voice. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, yeah, it's really a beautiful thing. Like it just, I've met so many people I didn't even know existed. Like Instagram never showed them to me, but clubhouse, man, I've made some really good, good connections that way. That's awesome. Okay. We're going to ask two more questions. Okay. Next up. What was your first job? Oh, um, <laughs> um, so I guess not being paid for chores. So my first like paycheck job. So when I was in high school, there's this local restaurant here and, um, every, all the cool kids worked at it. And I was like, Oh, I want to work there. So basically it's kind of like waffle house, but it's a barbecue restaurant. And so when people come in and order and they only take cash or check, that is how small town it is. Mm -hmm. So the people at the cash register, they write down your order and then they call it out to the people in the back and they make it and then it comes out. So it's really like to scream like, Hey, I need a hot dog. And it's like, you know, Southern, like very accents, you know, it just, yeah. So I did that. And that was my longest job for a really long time. I actually worked there for six months and it wasn't until I was like out of college that I had a job longer than that. So it's just, yeah, it's really funny. Oh, is that, so that restaurant is still open, still going. Yeah. Yeah. Still cash only check only. And 
they are not open on Sundays and they're only open until 8 p.m. Yeah. It's definitely a throwback. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Last question. What is your best strategy for business owners who are looking to grow right now? Do not hold yourself back. You have to put yourself out there. So whatever it is, if you're like sitting on, Hey, I want to do a podcast. Oh, I want to start a YouTube channel. I want to publish this video on Instagram, but I'm too embarrassed that my friends might see me or my skin is all broken out or I need to lose 15 pounds. Nobody cares. Just go and do the thing because listen, when you do things and you get the imperfect things out of the way, it's going to make room for you to improve and get better. Plus, listen, when you're first starting and you're first doing these videos and, or podcasts or whatever, you think like, oh my God, I'm, everybody's going to see me. Well, guess what? Nobody's probably going to see you. You know, if you get five likes on an Instagram post, well, shoot, you just got, you know, five high fives. If I saw five people in the grocery store that I knew, I would be mortified. I would be running across the store. I don't want to see people. But the thing is like, we're so scared because people are going to see us or know us or, um, oh, I, I can't put this new offer out there because somebody might buy it. Quit letting fear run your life. Just put the thing out there and get the sucky ones out of the way. Because when people start know, like, and interest in you and, and they build that vulnerability, like she messed up on this word. She said, um, 50 times in this podcast. Well, guess what? They know you like you trust you. Then they're going to love you when you do have it perfect. So get that stuff out of the way. Quit sitting on it. You weren't made to hide your gifts from the world. Go out there and put it. Somebody out there needs what you have and they're not going to get it if you keep hiding it. I think that was the best way we could have possibly ended this. That was fantastic. <laughs> Nicole, I thank you so much for your time and your insights. And I think that this is going to be so impactful for our listeners today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me and, and just chatting all the different topics today. It was so much fun. Oh, thanks, Nicole. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well lived being small minded. <laughs>